Holy Spirit. Some reason I always have to look Galatians up by the number on the front. Can I just be honest this morning? And then you kind of have to have to kind of you know shadow the fact that you're looking up the number to find Galatians. Like I should know this. Some reason I forget the books around it. So we're going to start off, huh? Oh, thank you, Jesus. No, no judgment zone here. Well, we're definitely talking about the humility of Jesus this morning and just the one that would come and humble himself to the point of death for his creation. Wow. I mean, that's, what a God. If, if that doesn't get you, if that isn't transformative, then I invite you to know him this morning. I invite you to come into relationship with him this morning. And uh, we're talking about kingdom character this morning, and I thought, man, I could have touched on the fruit of the Spirit. I could touch on a lot of things this morning, but I'm going to leave that for my dad book. And my dad's books um, really cover that. Uh, the gifts and the fruit, um, there are a number of other teachings that he has out there on, on uh, so many different subjects. But, um, but I just wanted uh, this morning just to talk about um, the, the, the character of Christ at work in me and at work in you. Um, and that the character of Christ and those character attributes of Christ uh, are the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It, it's producing that. Um, I, I think the most fundamental place that we can come to and under, understanding uh, what God wants to do us in the area of character is to understand the why behind it. I think sometimes we don't think about the why of the character formation of Christ in us. But I believe that the character development starts from God's desire to be intimate with us and his desire that that intimacy would grow where we become not only a temple, right, the Holy Spirit in us, but a habitation of the Holy Spirit on us as he transforms and changes the world around us. As the presence of God and the Holy Spirit on us, we see freedom, we see deliverance, we see healing, we see the manifestations of God at work in us and through us. But when we see the character starting from his desire to be more intimate with us, that kind of changes things, right? That character development starts from God's desire to be more intimate with us, not from a, that place uh, of performance, but it's his presence in us working and producing. The starting place then is, is, is relationship over performance. It's when we yield to the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, which are the character traits of Jesus himself, are produced in us. I don't believe that we can produce the character of Christ outside the work of the Holy Spirit. I think we can. There, there can be a lot of performance and self-effort, and we can make a lot of good choices. But the Holy Spirit is there so that we can see Christ in us become the hope of glory for those around and in our community. And I'm not saying that we don't need discipline in our lives. We don't need self-discipline. We don't need to make wise choices. We don't need to take into mind um, uh, what, the, the choices that we make and the power that those can have. I'm not saying anything, but I believe ultimately it's Christ in us. It's the right that's produced through the Holy Spirit and his habitation and desire for intimacy in us. Yeah. That's why he sets a table before us. That's why he sets that table before us, is that what other God sets a table before us, inviting us to fellowship and intimacy, other than this God? 
every other religion, right? You, you bring your offerings, you bring your fruit, and you lay it on a table. But, but he prepares that table for us. And that's the desire of the, the Father in the area of intimacy. So if you just go with me this morning and seeing that the desire of God to produce Christ-like character in us comes from his heart for relationship for us. And I think that's really important to, to know the why of why the Holy Spirit wants to work and develop character in us. Thank you, Father. Let's, uh, let's turn to Galatians, uh, page 1,296. <laughs> All right. So, I didn't humble myself in the sight of the Lord. I think I humbled myself in the sight of my brothers and sisters here, but... So I say, live by the Spirit. Just underline that 20 times, right? Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You know, there's so many ways we can deal with sin. We can, um, you know, we can uh, take a stand against it. But the most effective way is to live by the Spirit. I mean, we can make choices not to sin. There's no doubt. We, we have a free will to make those choices. But if we live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That's pretty clear. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. <laughs> oh, my. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Just a very important thing to see before he lays out the fruit of the Spirit, you know. That was the build-up to that. Here we are, um, so much of a world that's consumed uh, in self-image, as it will be in the last days, and is, that this self-image, this, this self-focus, uh, is the only other alternative when there's not a God-focus. There's only two ways to go, to be self-focused or to be God-focused. And when the world isn't God-focused, when our, when, when our schools and our systems of government move away from a God-focused position, then it becomes self-focused. It becomes the needs, our needs, our wants, our desires, rather than what God has called us to do, which is ultimately to give up our life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. I think there's a real key at the end there, isn't it? If we live by the Spirit, we want to keep in step with the Spirit. So a conceited heart or conceited words or something that causes us to provoke one another <laughs> in the wrong way. That envy that can easily come up in a heart as somebody's being blessed or 
or somebody's receiving something that we've wanted. You know, if, if we see it from the way this is laid out in the scripture, let us also keep in step with, with the spirit. We have to tie this together. So, so therefore, right, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I want to not only live by the spirit, but I also want to keep in step with the spirit. You know, when, when we allow ourselves to spend time in the word of God uh, with the Holy Spirit uh, directing us, with the Holy Spirit's presence around us as we're in the word of God, um, there's a transformative work of the Holy Spirit that's happening within us. When we are in, in, in the presence of worship as we were this morning, not just corporately, but alone, oftentimes it's, it's those private times where that character development happens. It's the private places that, that, that nobody else sees where the character development happens. And, you know, that's the work of Christ in us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But I also believe that it's also in the way that God created us to function that we, that we are often led by the hidden things in our life. Our, our conscious mind, we can see it and walk with it as it acts out. But that, that conscious mind is actually based off of hidden principles and hidden things that happen in our life that in that moment in which we have a choice to make a decision, we are actually led by the the hidden things that have been developed in our life, both our time in the word, both the time in prayer, both the time in worship and fellowship with one another. It's, it's that character development. It's those principles by which we live that actually guide our spontaneous decisions. So you could see the correlation between the hidden things and the private places where those things happen, and also it being the subconscious or the, or the, uh, the, the, the part that we are not conscious of which is the, the code of morality that, w- that we choose to live by, which is our standards of living, which is um, what, what makes us who we are is the working of the Holy Spirit in us that brings us and, uh, and develops in us the, the Christ-like and the holiness of God. But oftentimes that's happening in the hidden place, just like it functions in our mind. And I just, I just want to emphasize that correlation between that. Let's turn over to Colossians chapter 3. I actually found this one. Thank you, Jesus. And let's read uh, from verse 1. We're going to go through verse 17 here. <coughs> Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Praise God. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. It's interesting how it classifies all that as gods that can stand before you. And of course, we know that we, we should have no other God before him. <clears throat> but those easily be, become gods to us. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. 
anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Wow. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, I don't know, Scythian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Boy, if we could just see that in this moment in our nation, if we could just see that within this community and family, that those distinctions that could easily separate us no longer do because we're all in Christ, all in all. That's what it says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whatever in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's such a beautiful passage. You know, it points out many things there that, that we can often struggle with. Um, you know, I, I think anger more than anything is something that I've seen just rise up in our society, rise up, just, just angry, angry people. I think we can be uh, not only angry with each other, we can be angry with the, the, the choices that, that we are making as a society. We can be angry um, in all kinds of different areas, but, uh, you know, where, where I see uh, in Scripture that application of anger comes to the sin that can so easily beset us, right? But yet, be angry and sin not, you know? Where, 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 are, we pointing, where are we pointing such things, you know? If, if we're pointing it at each other, I would just ask us to recheck our heart. If, 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 if that is indeed righteous anger or other things that we can call or label it, but, but here it's telling us to set aside that anger. I tell you, the, the two things that, that I'm angry with, that I know of at this very moment, is how easily, how easily sin can entangle me. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just angry about that. I'm angry at seeing the effect of sin on people that I love, on the choices that they're making, and I'm angry at the devil. I'm angry at how infirmity has gripped the world over the last two, three years. Those are two areas that I'm angry at, but I don't find that anger directed towards people. And, you know, I, I look, we look at the character of Christ. Um, I, I, I love, um, I, I, I kind of have stumbled over this, this part, but um, Jesus, uh, um, I haven't caught this piece, but in Matthew chapter 22, verse 16, uh, it, it says, and I'll just read it to you. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, 
We know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And check this out. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by their appearances. I think that's such an interesting aspect of what they caught about Jesus that I've just read over and missed. You do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. I don't know about you, but one of my biggest issues is being a people pleaser. One of my biggest issues is that I watch myself transform and change when I'm around another person. And in fact, that's often something that we can catch and something that's unhealthy uh, uh, in correlation to being around the opposite sex is if you find yourself dressing to be around a certain person, boy, that's a good place to check yourself, right? Is is like, what, what, what am, what's my intent? And why I'm, I'm choosing to dress a different way when I'm around that person. But so oftentimes the people pleaser in, in me comes out of a self-performance rather than acceptance of the work of Christ in me and a yielding to the Holy Spirit that I'm not just walking with the Holy Spirit, but I'm in step, as the scripture says. I'm in step with the Holy Spirit. That is a continual habitation of the Holy Spirit and a yielding to him because it's no longer I living, but him, Christ living in me. And, and when that yielding happens, it just changes everything. And suddenly, just like another thing I want to draw you to in correlation with that, I've just been living in Isaiah chapter 11, right? The spirit of the Lord was on him, this root of Jesse. But if you look, after it talks about the seven spirits of God, then, then it comes to the end and it said, you know, he delighted in the fear of the Lord. But then it says this, he did not judge by what he saw. He did not decide by what he heard. He was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so what he was hearing and seeing around him wasn't influencing more than the Holy Spirit, that he was yielded to the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes, if we're yielded to the Holy Spirit, some of the pitfalls, uh, uh, moral pitfalls and character failures just wouldn't happen. If we weren't trying to do it ourselves. The issue with people pleasing is that we're trying to bring a temporal peace into a situation. Or we're trying to even bring a temporal joy into a situation. Often walking off of our own ability, which can easily dip into self-righteousness. Instead of realizing that there's an unshakable kingdom that is given to us through the Holy Spirit. Not... What? Not eating and drinking, right? No, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. An unshakable kingdom that we can live and walk with in which no longer is the temptation to draw and create peace in this moment. You got to come together or, or I got to make something happen or I got to make them happy or I got to make them, oh, I got to bring them out of this. Oh, I got to, you know, all those things that we take on and so many times we can say I in it. Instead of being yielded to the Holy Spirit and say, your will be done, Lord. Your will be done in this moment. And I tell you, God's at work in me. I feel it. I feel the people pleaser dying. And I, I, shared, with you a, I shared with you a couple weeks ago about this. But, but I, I called kind of what has really become one of, uh, one, of my, one of my spiritual fathers. And I'm so thankful for all the spiritual fathers. One of them right here who's also my, my, my biological dad too. But... But for him to be a spiritual father, but uh, I, I don't know if you guys are uh, remember Jim from DC3 Church. He is Michael Dalton's pastor. 
And uh, he's just been such a voice into my life. But I called him one day uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, man, I've lost my joy. I was like, I've just lost my joy. And I was like, man, I, I don't think it was the fear of man in me. I don't think it was that operation. Because I, I just stand here believing that there, I've seen victory over the fear of man. I've seen victory over it. I believe that the fear of, fear of man is dead in me. So I was like, I don't understand. Because about three years ago, that just got crushed. So I was like, what is it? And Jim said, yeah, it's the people pleaser in you. He said, yeah, you're just trying to please people and you're trying to bring peace and temporal joy and all the things and make something happen instead of remembering that the kingdom of God is at work in me, right? The Holy Spirit is at work in me. And in this kingdom, there is righteousness, his righteousness, peace, his peace, and joy, his joy, not something that I'm trying to produce or fabricate in my life. There's a yielding to the Holy Spirit in the way that he works in us. So, so we just have Jesus here. I, how many just want to raise your hand with me that we would, would have that reputation too, like Jesus did? You don't care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. How many of us want to be more care more about what the Father and the Holy Spirit is doing in us than we care about how we look. You know, oftentimes I, 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 I think about the opportunity to grow up in Africa and, and just be, be in a place where there is so much want and lack that it's just unimaginable. And I, I remember one time we, we took a mission team to Haiti and, uh, and we were uh, just, just uh, so many villagers around as we were... Uh, I wasn't on that specific team that, that year, but I've been there. But, but they, uh, the, the, the locals came out, and they made us spaghetti. And, uh, and we had, uh, our team had asked, please don't give us spaghetti, because it was like 100 degrees. And they were doing construction. And they said, that's a little heavy for us. It's okay. But the villagers still brought out this plate of spaghetti. And, you know, it was an American team. And... Uh, the first person that uh, couldn't finish this because no one really wanted to eat uh, just dumped their spaghetti out. And you saw all the villagers come in and, and one of them bold enough to come up and say, please don't do that again. If you don't want it, we'll eat it. We don't understand sometimes what we have, the blessing that we have this opportunity that, that we have. So many times, we can be so self-focused. Lord, just, I, I just ask for the further work of your Holy Spirit, Jesus, in us, producing the meekness and the gentleness of Christ in us, Lord. Jesus. Matthew 21.5, there was a, very different perspective about Jesus. I love this, but say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and a colt. Hmm. Gentle. James 1.19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. <laughs> and that's like the best advice ever. 
good internet advice as well. Um, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. You know, we are distinguished from the unbeliever in that the fruit of the Spirit is at work in us. What's the difference between an unbeliever and us? We're bearing fruit. We're bearing fruit. We're bearing fruit. Those attributes, the character of Christ at work in us, bearing fruit through the power of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 10.1, I just quoted that. By the meekness and the gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away. <laughs> I love that. So it's so humble. Matthew chapter 22, verse 16. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God. You don't care about anyone's opinions. We've read that, but now let's, uh, let's look at this. I think that was best spoken out and understood when when the, the sons of Zebedee were arguing and they were they were swayed by their feelings and, 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 and wanting to call down fire on those that would oppose oppose Christ, right? And yet I, I, that's one of the, the things that I wanna see is what Jesus' expression was when they first said that. You know, what was the expression on his face when these guys are wanting to call down fire because of uh, opposition? But Jesus makes this radical statement later on, but you don't have to turn that. But whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's the opportunity that we have, that, that we would represent Christ in his service. I, I remember, um, uh, you know, what did, uh, what, did, what did Jesus do? And I believe that, that was his last free day, right? But what did he do on that, that last day? If, if you just had one day on this earth, what would you do? Well, well, the creator of the universe washes his disciples' feet. I mean, what a choice of what to do with your last day right? I'm going to go wash feet. I'm going to go humble myself before them and wash their feet. Can you imagine the meekness of Jesus? If he can say that he's meek and mild, then I believe him. <laughs> why, why would he say such a thing? Because God was establishing a kingdom that would never end. He was establishing a kingdom in which righteousness, peace, and joy could be something that was unshakable in our lives. He was producing a kingdom that far went beyond the expectations or even the understanding of those closest to him. John the Baptist, not understanding that. But yet in reminding them that, that something was at work that we can so easily naturally try to take a hold of and make happen. And that's what so many of the disciples around him did. But then, you know, look at what happened then to those disciples. The, 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 that, that original thought to call down fire, but then you see in Acts 4, one of the most humbling, moving prayers in the scripture. As they persecution began, 
and, 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 and they were let out of jail and they returned back to the community. I believe that was Peter and Silas, wasn't it? Acts 4, is that right? Yeah, Peter and Silas, you know, they had been jailed, like persecution began. A couple chapters later, it's the stoning of Stephen. I know that's not like months later, but, 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 but it had begun. This, this persecution that, what was their response going to be? So, you know, here's the response of the disciples before, call down fire. And then Acts 4, what does it say? No. It says, you know, the, you know they rage against you, God. And then what do they ask for? Lord, give us complete boldness. Give us to, to declare your word. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about your persecutors here. Talk about those that have persecuted you. What happened in your response? What happened in their hearts that so moved the Father with their willingness to be persecuted and to suffer for his name's sake that heaven itself, I believe, somehow shook? I, I don't believe it was just that house, but I think heaven moved at such a willingness to suffer for his name's sake, such a willingness. I mean, that's heart change. How did that happen? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> Pentecost. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Producing in them such a Christ-like response. A willingness to lay down their lives. And as we know, what, almost all of them did, I believe. Many dying in the same way that Jesus did. So the putting on is the yielding to the Holy Spirit. Put on compassion, hearts, kindness, in your hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving as the Lord has forgiven you, so you may also forgive. Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. How? By yielding to the Holy Spirit. By realizing that, that, that we have a choice to flesh out. We have a choice to come to his throne of grace. We, we have a choice to come to the mercy seat and ask for a Jesus response in that moment. A Christ-like response in that moment. How do we respond when somebody makes us mad? How do we respond when, when somebody offends us? It's in those moments that we have an opportunity for the fragrance of Christ to come out of us. We have a, a moment in that opportunity that, that the Holy Spirit would go deeper in us than he's ever gone before, drawing out of us not just a love to love a friend or to love, to, to love a spouse when it happens to be a good day in your home. No, but a greater love that is willing to lay down your life as Jesus did for each other. Not just for a friend, but there's another scripture that says, you know, for, for each other, right? For, for your brother. How does, that, how does that happen except outside of, how does that happen outside of a relationship? It, it doesn't. That willingness comes through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, producing the humility that brings us into a place where we stay grafted in, Right? We stay connected to the vine. We stay that that sap would be flowing through us, producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. 
24-7. You know, people get to eat from your fruit, but you get the sap that flows through you 24-7. That's a really cool thing. The Holy Spirit flowing through you, producing the fruit that others eat. The character of Christ being developed in you. But there's this recognition that Jesus said. He says, I'm, uh, I'm, the, branch, uh, I'm, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You can do nothing apart from me. It's in that place of humility that we can realize that we can do nothing apart from him, that we can do all things through Christ Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. It's Christ at work in us. It's the Holy Spirit at work in us that we can do all things through Christ Jesus, right? Makes sense. It's, it's pretty logical. But so many times we forget that we can do nothing apart from him. And so we enter into a place of self-effort. And that self-effort taps on, a, on, on, on not a formation of character, but the flesh. And yet we've been called to, to put it to death in our lives. And how do we do that? By who we choose to be at work in us and why we choose that. I want greater and deeper relationship with the Lord. So I choose that I would... This would be a resting place for his presence. How does it become more of a resting place? By the grace of God at work in us that makes it even more comfortable for the Holy Spirit to stay? You know, we can even see that from a place of self-effort. But no, it's the work of God in us. It's Christ in us, right, that is creating the resting place for the Holy Spirit to habitate. I'm not just talking about in you, but I'm talking about on you as well. You know, there have been seasons in my life where I've, I've walked just with such joy and power of the Holy Spirit. And one time, just as, um, absolutely inundated with the Holy Spirit for about a two-week period. And I got really angry at something. And I could feel, I could feel that, that just anointing lift off me. I'm not talking about in here. I'm talking about what's on us for the transformation of community around us. I felt it lift off in that moment of anger. We have to allow the Holy Spirit from this perspective that we love him and he loves us and he wants relationship with us to allow that Holy Spirit to be at work at us, not from a point of performance, but a point of his presence. He gets all the credit. He gets all the glory. He gets all the reward. I mean, isn't that what we want? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So many times we have restless souls because of we've come out of the guidance and the following of the Holy Spirit. We've come out of being in step in sequence with the Holy Spirit in the way that we're walking, and we begin to take on others' burdens, or we end to put on ourselves our own burdens, and suddenly everything gets really heavy. But the Holy Spirit's invitation this morning is take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So, Lord, we thank you for that. So this morning, I just, I've never felt to do this, but I, I want to invite you, and it, and it relates, and you'll see how it relates. I want to take the last few minutes and invite you into the mission trip that, that I'm, I'm getting ready to go on with Nate. And, uh, you know, you guys know, know Nate, our, our associate pastor here, and, um, and also Jade Burgess is going to be going with us. Um, uh, Jade's actually working on her Ph.D. In, in, in nursing science, and 
just uh, has a real heart for missions, actually a call of missions over her life that her grandma not, never got to fulfill. And this is going to be her, her first mission trip as well. Um, I, I've shared some of this before, but I just want to share kind of a follow-up to, to what I have shared. But uh, many years ago, um, when, my, when my sister passed away um, in 2019... I was planning to go to the Congo the day after she passed, and we had a, um, I think, I think let's do that next week. Let's just do it as a regular. Yeah, let's do it as a regular. I, I almost feel like I just want this to set on your hearts, and then let's, let's take this as a mission offering next week. Sorry, Richard, I didn't get back to you on that. Um, in 2019, when my, when my sister passed, um, she was an attorney, and she had a, uh, heart for justice. You, 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 my favorite memories of her were surrounded by Somali Bantus who were all over her pool and jacuzzi. Her house was open. Reminds me of the Vanderlyn and stuff, how they just opened their house up for people. And, but she just, they were all over her. Uh, and her heart was to see justice happen. And, you know, it's, it's the father's heart as, as well. Justice leading to victory is, is, is how the scripture lays it out. But we have a part in, in justice now. We have a part in justice right here, right now. And in fact, uh, in Matthew 23, 23, when Jesus talks about tithing, um, yeah, he, he talks about the matter of the heart, um, that you can tithe even down to your spices. and your <laughs> You can get so caught up in the 10% that you forget the weightier matters. And one of those weightier matters that, that Jesus talks about specifically there is justice. Don't forget justice in the middle of your giving. So don't give up the first or the last, he says. Don't give up the former. There's Jesus endorsing, endorsing tithing. I mean, no, no better person to endorse that. But, but in, in the process of it, I just, I saw the mantle of justice on her life. And so when she passed away, we... Um, we had this opportunity to just lay our hands on her. And uh, she was with the Lord, of course, but just lay her hands on, on her body. And, and we just picked up the justice of mantle that was on her, uh, the, the mantle of justice that was on her life. And, and I didn't know what that would mean because, but I, I went ahead and canceled my tickets. We were going to the Congo and I canceled my tickets and I put them on hold. I guess you can put them on hold a year. I had no idea. So freebie for you. You can, uh, uh, they'll just lock them for 12 months. And so that's what we did. So we're coming down to the end of the time together when uh, God laid out um, an opportunity because my, those tickets were going to expire. And I had a friend, Thomas Klaus, many of you know him, um, who just said, hey, let's go to Zimbabwe, you know, let's, let's go. And so we did. And uh, uh, we were, had an incredible trip. Um, but before I went, I had one of those, I'm the vine, you're the branches, you can do nothing apart from me experiences. Honestly, I think all of us have been walking that out the last two years. <laughs> but, um, but I was rummaging around in my garage, uh, just not even knowing what I was looking for, just opening boxes. And I came across this French fountain pen, and when I opened the, it was my sister's. It was just a beautiful fountain pen. It was like 18 karat gold tip and one of these ones that are, you have to fill them with from the ink well and really cool. 
and you've got to be patient with something like that, but, but really cool to have. And uh, immediately when I popped the top on this pen, the Lord said, I want you to give it to the president of Zimbabwe. And with it, tell him that he will write justice over the nation. Well, <laughs> that, that's surprising, right? But yet, when he said that, I realized, like, I could have kept rummaging around in my garage. But God, we could do nothing apart from him. But in that moment, he, there was an invitation into kingdom influence. And so uh, I had some people pray over the pen. A long story short, in 2020, we went to Zimbabwe uh, in March, and we uh, were there um, waiting to have an opportunity to meet with the president, and there was a vetting process. And so it just didn't look like it was going to happen. Coming down to, like, the last day we were there, we were just there, like, three or four days. And this group I was there with said, hey, well, we know the president's son, one of his influential sons. And so um, we said, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. So we pulled together. Uh, he's sitting here, I'm sitting here, the team's here. And, um, and he, he orders a sandwich, goes to take a bite out of it, and just winces in pain. I mean, I've never seen somebody in more pain. He's, ah, you know, puts the sandwich back down. And he tells us that he had just, just had his wisdom teeth extracted. I don't know why you would try to eat. Maybe for public reasons? I don't know. But, well, so his face, you could actually see how swollen it was on this side where they had extracted that particular tooth. The team could see the swelling. So we prayed for him. As soon as we prayed, the swelling disappeared completely. The, the team saw the swelling disappear. And, uh, and uh, immediately he was pain-free and completely well. Everything had healed inside of his mouth in that very moment. And so he uh, looks down at his sandwich again. And then he takes his sandwich and takes a bite, takes another bite, takes another bite, and starts chomping away. Like, just kind of like, whoa, you know? <laughs> and so uh, we start to pray over him and just release words about what he's called to be and what God has for him. And he starts weeping. And just tears coming down his, his cheeks. And uh, at the end, I, I gave him the pen and I said, hey, this is for my sister who was an attorney. Uh, you know, she passed away, but the Lord wanted me to give this to your father and to tell your father that with this pen, he would write justice over the nation. And, and I felt like the Lord saying, it's my turn to plant in palaces. <laughs> it's my turn. The Holy Spirit is so incredible in that moment because he was writing all the notes down diligently to tell his father. And at the end, he tells me, and he says, I want you to know that my father was an attorney before he became president of the nation. I was like, only God could do that when you pick up a mantle of justice just a year earlier and then God uses that opportunity to have influence in a nation. And it was just an incredible trip where we just saw the powers of darkness push back. Just such a reliance on walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. But, but that self-reflective moment is, I could have just kept rummaging around in the garage. But God, but God had other plans and purposes. When we're yielded to the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing apart from him. But then he gets all the credit and glory. 
was just about two months ago, and I just pray with you that that, that, that would be able to happen. There's a, a lot of security detail, and and in that country, um, he can only, the president can only publish his schedule in short bursts ahead of where he is, even to his, his family. So um, just pray that as we go back, this opportunity will come. It was about two months ago. I got uh, a message that the president would like to meet. And that was two years after the pen thing. Two years later, you know, we get a word that the president wants to meet. And so if you would just pray with me that that opportunity would happen. Uh, we, we've, I understand if it doesn't. But I tell you something, and I, 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 maybe this is what we were talking about in the message, but I'm not nervous because I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't my accolades or Olympic medals or my achievements. It was Holy Spirit. We could do nothing apart from him. So, but yet, when, when we realize we can do nothing apart from him, we can do all things through Christ Jesus. Right? Who's, he is our strength. He is the one. And, and so in that, in that moment, just be praying with us as we go as a team. Uh, we're going to be hitting Zimbabwe for about three days. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Because guess what? It's in God's time and in his way uh, if this doesn't happen. But, but we're just going to get to bless that nation again. Um, so pray with us on that. The second part of this nation is something that ties with the, the heritage of our family because we were, we were uh, missionaries in the Camorra Islands uh, early on um, when they got independence from France. And so uh, we have an opportunity to go back into the Camorra Islands um, with a heart to set up a medical uh, um, expedition next year. Uh, it's 178th poorest healthcare system on earth. In fact, if you get on the State Department website, in, in more diplomatic terms than I'm saying, you kind of get the warnings of don't get hurt. Um, you know, so there's a lot of need uh, in that nation. And so, you know, we have an opportunity. Uh, we're going with Jade Burgess and we're meeting a team there. Um, and we're going to be uh, meeting uh, with local clinics, um, hoping to be able to meet with some government officials as well. Um, we've got a, a call into the Consular General uh, who's going to do a phone conference with us. He doesn't know that yet, Nate, but um, to talk through, uh, you know, what we'll do when we, when, we, when we get there. But there's something beautifully generational about this, of this tiny little island chain off the coast of Madagascar and uh, next to Mozambique that, that we'd have an opportunity to go back, invited to come back by, by a team. Um, and uh, also it's going to be in partnership uh, next year, um, if everything lays out with uh, Iris Global. Um, Heidi actually led 32 people. Heidi Baker led 32 people to the Lord there, but she's lost contact with them. Uh, it's a Muslim nation. Um, so just be in prayer with us that we would find the people of peace, that, 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 uh, that the Lord would just direct us, the power of Jesus' name and the healing power of Jesus would go forth in that island. <laughs> when, one beautiful thing about the way God set it all up is actually in the Quran, it says Jesus uh, is a healer. He's, the healing power of Jesus is something that uh, Muslims recognize, <laughs> which is just cool. You can go and pray in the name of Jesus and, and, and somebody can be healed and transformed and yet it's, it's something that's acceptable within that culture. So uh, just pray with us that, that God's going to move in power, that this is an opportunity for the Camorra Islands that has been a very closed nation that 
Um, they're even looking to even get tourism back. I mean, uh, many of the big tourist resorts closed down years ago. Uh, but an island nation that we had an opportunity uh, through, through the generations to be a part of. Um, God is really opening doors in these nations. And so I just ask you to uh, pray with us about next week. Um, we haven't done a mission offering. I've never done this before uh, about a personal mission trip. That's always stuff that I've self-funded. But I feel like for Nate, Jade, and I in this moment to invite you to be a part of what God is doing in Africa, um, especially in Muslim nations. Oh, we need Jesus. We need, we need him in those nations. And so I uh, just invite you uh, as we to pray about it this week. And let's, let's take up a special offering next week for that. Thank you for, for letting me just share that, that part because I, I think it's important that, that we're a part of this. We're part of what God is doing and the doors that he's opening up. So, could we just stand together? Holy Spirit. Well, we just make a choice that since we have been raised with Christ that we would seek the things that are above. It's so easy to get caught up into what we see in front of us, what we're hearing, and let that dictate what you want to do. No, God, we want to be yielded to you and your kingdom and what you want to do through us, Jesus. Lord, we know and acknowledge that you are seated. That's what it says. It says, set your mind on these things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. <laughs> Set your minds on these things above, not on things that are on the earth. Wow. Well, I haven't been doing that. <laughs> I'll be honest. For you have died, and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Praise God. Yes, Jesus. So let us put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just invite the work of the Holy Spirit not only to continue, but we, Lord, we just ask that by your grace and your mercy, we would be on step, as the scripture says with the Spirit. We would be walking with the Spirit. I love what Bill Johnson said. He said, how do you walk when a dove's on your shoulder? You walk carefully. You walk carefully, Lord. Lord, we just acknowledge what you're doing. And Lord, we do not have time for sin. We don't have time for those things around us. Lord, Lord, we're coming to you not because the world has rejected us, but because we have rejected the world. We come to you. Lord, we turn away. We turn away from those things and we look to you, Jesus the author, the, the perfecter of our faith. 
And we ask in this moment for your grace and your mercy to be at work in us, producing Christ-likeness and holiness in us in accordance to what you have already done, what you paid for. And Lord, we ask in Jesus' mighty name, Holy Spirit, come, 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 come on every, every head in this room, Holy Spirit. Lord, we need fresh encounters. Lord, if this is relationship, we need fresh encounters with you, fresh understandings of the goodness of God, fresh understandings of the, the love of the Father, where we would just be caught up so many times saying, who is this God? Who is this one that would give himself for his creation? Who is this one that would give it all? Who is this one that would come as, as a servant? Lord, in the position of the least of them, Jesus. Oh God, you were calling us into that same life as we recognize that we are dead to that old thing, that old nature. We, we choose life in Jesus, life in Christ, life through the Holy Spirit, Jesus. We thank you, Father God, just work in our hearts, work in our hearts. We invite you. We realize you want this because of relationship. Not, not just to kick us over the head or knock us over the head and tell us what we're not doing. But you want it because you desire intimacy and relationship. You desire the character of Christ to be formed in us. And we say yes as a family to that. We say yes as a family. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you, Jesus. Be at work in us. One of the things that it's touched me so much lately, and it's this Christ invitation for me to be a husband under the influence of the Holy Spirit, rather than in what I think or what I think is needed within my household or in my family. It's the Holy Spirit that can help us love our spouse the way they need to be loved, not the way we think they need to be the way they need to be loved. It's the Holy Spirit in us producing that Christ-likeness that we would come, and especially as men, called in this position of headship, that we would be the least of them in our household. To me, I believe that headship doesn't come through control, but headship comes through servitude in the home. As we serve our family as we serve then that headship comes to us but it comes to us in in relationship and love and grace not through a lording over but it's the humility of christ at work in us as husbands that positions a home correctly not by what we try to take into our own hands so lord we just thank you today for that work that you're doing in us that humility, that meekness of Jesus, that promise that as we position ourselves and we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, that the meekness of God is produced in us, that the meek will inherit the earth. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, Father, in your mighty name. Just want to invite some of the altar ministry teams to come up and to, um, if you need healing in your body, um, 
if you just want to rededicate your life to the Lord or you don't have a relationship with the Lord, and you would know it because you would have experienced his radical power in you and at work, then I just invite you to come up. If you are not seeing the transformation of the work of the Holy Spirit in you, there's nothing wrong with coming forward and just sharing that with someone and that we could pray together. We could pray together, believe together. But I just encourage everyone in this house to get the time alone with the Lord. Get the time in the Word of God. It's in those hidden things that those hidden things are often which influence our behaviors and our choices what we do in those hidden places. So let's spend time in the Word of God, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you need to get your kids, you can head over now and grab them. We're going to continue this series on the character of Christ, the character of the kingdom. God bless you guys. <clears throat>